Okay, recording this Tuesday, May 30th. It's a little after 8.30 Eastern time. Yesterday, the Heat won Game 7 in convincing fashion to eliminate the Celtics. I'm Adam Hartog. This is my co-host, Thomas Frey, and this is Episode 6 of 528's The Breaks Down. Tom, good to see you. Pleasure's all mine, Ad. How you doing? As if I haven't seen you for the last two hours. Yes. Setting up AV equipment. Yes, as always, it took forever, which it probably always will. Uh, but yeah, let's get it going. You want to start with the big thing? You want to do yours first today? Sure. So my one big thing is that I think this series that just wrapped up between the Celtics and the Heat is going to be remembered for all the wrong reasons. Maybe not all the wrong reasons, but I think this is going to go down as one of the stranger series that we can remember because I think the narratives that we will look back on this series with in five plus years is not going to mirror at all what we felt during the course of this series. Last time that we got together on the podcast, obviously the Heat were up 3 nothing. I believe game four was that night or the next day. The Celtics the outlook was very bleak they were facing elimination they came back tied things up at seven and then put up a stinker at home yesterday and i think the latter half of this series especially i think game six is going to be remembered obviously for the Derek white shot at the end of the game the buzzer beater but i think people are going to look back on that and see that jason tatum had 31 points and think that he was maybe the biggest reason that they won besides that I remember that game as Jason Tatum was awesome in the first half. Played not like he does all the time, but probably how he would be at his most efficient. He was very aggressive, attacking the rim, got to the foul line 11 times, and then had two points, I think, in the second half. But the stat line won't show that. Jimmy Butler and Bam were terrible in that game, but the free throws at the end is what people are going to remember, and it's going to seem like Jimmy took over and won that game from the Heat. And credit to him for adapting how he played because he knew the shots weren't going down so he just totally committed to getting to the line in the fourth quarter of that game and it was working i think that people are going to rem- remember the heat going up as the celtics going up 3-0 as the celtics choking a bit when in reality one of the streakiest shooting teams in the league all season long just started making shots at a crazy rate caleb martin was an undrafted 24 year old rookie who is now maybe the second best shot maker on the on the heat uh and i just think that the narratives that we will look back on this game with as the public the the nba fanhood public in the future is just totally not going to mirror what we all felt throughout this series so i don't disagree i think it's probably the most pointless seven game conference finals we could think of it just even when the Celtics forced a game seven, it it felt like the Heat were kind of playing with their food. It I didn't think oh, the Celtics. So? It felt that way. I mean, you saw Spolstra in his co- press conferences, like basically giggling about it. That's true, but Jimmy also guaranteed a game six win. That's true, but it just it didn't feel like the Celtics were. I it didn't feel like a real game seven. I don't know. It just I agree, but I thought it was because the Celtics were going to mop the floor with them. I thought there was no way that they weren't going to win after the what happened. Oh, I don't know. I just, I guess, I don't know. 
Well, okay, to be clear, what narr you just think you don't it's not necessarily that the narratives won't align with reality, it's just that the game the series will be remembered differently than it actually occurred. I just think yeah, there's a series of a few moments that happen, especially in the latter half of the series, that will shift the public perception of how we all remember this series and how it unfolded. Well you I can't really recall a series where the ninety percent of the series will somewhat be lost to history because of the craziness of the 10%. Maybe well, maybe the the Cavs Warriors finals where JR didn't shoot at the end of regulation. Yeah, I mean but also though the the conference finals MVP going to Jimmy also skews that narrative because you're right. Caleb Martin. Yes. It it'll go I mean no one cares about conference finals MVPs. They've been in existence for like 2 years. But it's the fact that now you're right people who look back at the stats who didn't even like watch the games necessarily they're gonna think it was the jimmy butler series and it was playoff jimmy all along but it really wasn't it wasn't the story of jimmy butler i mean i mean i disagree i didn't think i thought the celtics pulled the rabbit out of the hat with Derek white's game winner i thought that that was I thought that that was more indicative of the fact that they weren't going to win Game 7 than it was a momentum swing in their favor. It, I, that could have just been my perspective on it because I've never really been a believer in the Celtics, but I, it felt to me as though that was their last grasp. It was all they had left, their only chance of winning. So for I, I think I agree, I agree with you that the, the series will be remembered differently than it actually occurred. But I don't necessarily agree with you that the series was close. I think the stat lines and the fact that it went to seven games makes it appear as though it was a very close, good series. But to me, it just it just felt like the Heat were... They took their foot off the gas a little bit, and the Celtics were in do-or-die, backs-against-the-wall mode, and they were the aggressor when the Heat have always been the aggressor throughout these playoffs. So I'm not necessarily sure that we disagree on your initial point just on how closely fought the series looks on paper, basically. That's fair, and <clears throat> I kind of have a different viewpoint on the series because... I don't view it so much as Miami playing with their food and keeping letting the Celtics stay alive longer than they should have. I just viewed it as a team that was playing far above its uh, season-long standard in the heat, really all playoffs, but especially in those first three games against Boston. I think they were as hot as they've been all playoffs, and then they just a little bit of regression to the mean the three games that the Celtics won. I think that's fair to say because the Heat were one of the worst shooting teams in the NBA all year. But and it showed up with Butler and Bam later in that series. Yeah, and I and I think that's fair. I think it's not but I don't think there was that much regression. I don't think it was a How do I put this? It wasn't as though the Heat were all of a sudden shooting terribly and like they were outgunned. It just it felt like they weren't playing up to the standard that they had set in these playoffs because I think who they are in these playoffs is who they are, not who they were in the regular season. You, Yes, their shooting numbers were abysmal in the regular season, and they've been really good in the playoffs, and that's hard to contradict, especially because earlier on in the playoffs, I myself said I thought the Knicks were going to win the series 
because I thought the heat were going to regress. But at a certain point, when is the sample size not too small anymore? I think the heat, this is just who they are. I think they are a better shooting team than they showed in the regular season. I think they're, and I think it just, this whole playoffs has allowed Spo to put all of his talents on display. In a, in a series where you can make constant adjustments against the same opponent, Spo is just better than maybe any other coach in the NBA right now, probably. Uh, so I, I just think this is the heat at the height of their powers. And the Celtics punching back was them do or die they had to. The heat, uh, yeah. So I guess it just comes back to me viewing it as the heat were playing with their food, honestly. It's the... They let the game go to. They let the series go to seven. I mean, even on the Derek White box out, or sorry, the Derek White game winner, he inbounded the ball. Yeah, and they, I think it was. The, I mean, you know basketball better than I do, but I've always heard that the inbound guy is the most dangerous. Yeah, it's it's the same. I mean, it's a similar sentiment to boxing out the free throw shooter, what because the ball could just bounce right back to them. You don't just leave the free throw shooter. The I think it was Max Struess was guarding uh, Derek White on the inbounds, and he left him to help. And, yeah, there's only three seconds left on the clock, but you can't leave a guy like that free-floating to the to the paint. Even because, also, he was wide open if he yeah. had gotten that pass. So it's that was a lack of execution, and the Heat were the better team that game. The Celtics stole that game a little bit. I, I'm not 100% sure the Heat were the better team that game. N- not necessarily the better team. It just, the way the game had unfolded and the way the Stars had performed late, Jimmy outperformed Tatum. And Brown. And and Brown. But, I mean, as we did last episode, I mean, I was do you really, still, I was, do you, no, 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 you no. still think Jalen Brown's top 15 player? No, that was almost my big point was I was tremendously incorrect about Jalen Brown. And yes. I agree that Spolster is the best coach in the NBA and he in-game adjustments wise same thing there's few if any better than him i do think some of the adjustments that he made had a greater effect than they probably should have like the zone was super effective but we know how to beat the zone and the celtics just could not capitalize on that you're supposed to be able to get pretty open looks from from deep and around the foul line and they just had no answers, and they looked like they did against the Warriors last year. Well, it's yes, that you're right. It's Missoula made Spo look good because the Celtics played one way, and they weren't straying away from that at all. And that's they were going to win or lose by their way of playing, which they had done all year. But you're right, the Heat play more zone than anyone in the whole league. I'm pretty sure, even on the whole year. Especially, definitely in the playoffs, and yeah. the Celtics played no zone all year, so they had no exposure to it. They didn't even they didn't run it themselves a lot, so they didn't. It's not like they knew how to beat themselves, if you know what I mean. I do, yeah. So, yeah, it was Spo did an excellent job. No one is denying that, but you're right. Missoula made him look good by his complete lack of adjusting. I just don't get it. You know, the zone is coming. How do you not have a plan? I th- well, it doesn't. I mean, Tatum getting hurt doesn't help. But that was just Game Seven. You're right. And Brown being was yeah was, was a detriment the last game and a half. Yeah, as I man, I was real right on him. 
Yeah. I was real right on him. The dribbling thing is pretty crazy. He has one speed, and that's it. Guys like that who cannot change speeds effectively, it's really hard. It is really hard, especially when you're not a De'Aaron Fox or a Russell Westbrook-type athlete. Where that one speed is just faster than everybody else. Exactly. Jalen Brown is a like a peak peak athlete in the nba don't but his straight line speed with the ball is not at that level necessarily to get away with not having any other moves really it is and and that's probably i mean for me that's probably the hardest aspect of the game is being able to change speeds effectively and that takes good footwork and it takes a lot of mastery of the game it's guys like it's why you see guys like jalen brunson who aren't elite athletes able to get to the rim and create their own shots whenever they want and luca and luca with with body control and his using his strength and the premier athlete guys when they aren't able to rely on that athleticism it shows and it's it's he's not a great shooter his assist-to-turnover ratio is horrible. He's not a, he's not a good playmaker. It's it's hard to win with a guy like that. It is. And, he, and he's a good defender. He's not a great defender. He used to be. Yes, you're right. He is, he's not the defender he even used to be. He doesn't prioritize his defense anymore. No, because he became a gunner. He became a, I'm going to go and get my 25 to 30 no matter what. What was he, 6 for 20 yesterday? Something like that? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, something with a bit. eight turnovers. Yeah, so it's... I heard it's funny. I heard Rusillo on his podcast today describing Jalen Brown's lack of uh, of handle and mm-hmm. ball control abilities. He equated it to a UFC fighter that just had no defense for being kicked. Mm-hmm. And he's like, so yeah, he's like, he's, it's actually a really good guy. Is just if you kick him, he goes down every time. Yeah. He's, and the other guy's like, oh, so he stinks. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, not yeah. really. It's like actually pretty good. Yeah. It's um. It's kind of yes, that's a good analogy. It's he's yeah, again, not a bad player. He's a good player. No, he's an all all, all NBA second team guy, justified or not, with a lot of forwards being injured this year. He was still he's still a top thirty to twenty five player in the NBA. Man, have you softened on that take? He had a. It's just, it's the second year in a row he's had a really bad playoffs and jumped off jumped off the screen. For how bad he was in the clutch. Yeah, it's just I. It's I just want to quote you that some people, someone would happily give him fifty million dollars a year is what you said to me. Somebody still <laughs> might. I think they'll do it. I don't know that they'll be as happy about it. No problem. I I, I kind of stand by that that take. Oh, somebody, happily, somebody, happily, somebody will happily do it. Someone will give him that money. I don't know that they'll be happy about it. If it's the Celtics, no. Would you rather if it's have another team? Yes. Would you rather have Jalen Brown at fifty million dollars or RJ Barrett at twenty? RJ. And people were killing the Knicks for RJ's contract. Brown had worse stats against the Heat this series than RJ did last series, like significantly, especially efficiency-wise. They're like I, RJ was, I think, like two points more and probably thirty percentage points more on three-point shooting and field goal percentage. So what makes him worth $50 million? And RJ's, what, four or five years younger? It's it's it, nothing makes him worth – he's not worth $50 million. He has the accol- accolades that have put him into the bracket where he's eligible 
to be paid that much. I, I mean, it's kind of defeats the whole purpose of the Supermax. The Supermax was designed for teams to retain their own star players. There's only like five guys in the. That's I, there's a lot of good players, but maybe ten guys worthy of the Supermax. Now we're getting to the point where twenty plus guys are getting that deal. It's, it's the second. Second best guys on potential title teams are now Supermax guys. Second best guys who aren't, who would not be able to carry the team on their own. This isn't an Anthony Davis second best player situation. It's not a Kevin Durant on the Warriors situation. Or even or a Suns. Or, or, yeah, or even KD and Booker on the Suns. It's, it's the, it's the Jalen Browns and the Zach Levines and those players of the world the julius randall the julius randall's but he, he's <laughs> he's not a super no it's not even close it's a really. team friendly he took a team friendly deal yeah so it's those kind of players who aren't carrying you to a championship are getting money for that players who can carry you to a championship only should and yeah sure now that we've now that we've seen it full time i take back my top 20 jalen brown i'll give him 25 to 30 you yeah. can comfortably sit in that range and be happy with it. And uh, and I can live with that. But I can't live with giving him $50 million. I just can't. Someone's going to. I'm, I know. I'm sure of and it. And I'm, I'm not saying they won't. I'm just saying in two years, three years, we're going to look back at it and be like, wow. That's a, franch- a potentially franchise-crippling contract. For years. It's going to be, what, five years? Yeah. Ascending. He'll only be 31. When it's over. Yeah, and he'll be getting paid 60-plus million dollars by then. It, how are you going to build a team around that? Who are you? Who do you pair with him if he's making $55 million? If you, you're just running it back, essentially, with the team you have next year, you're bringing Horford back, you're probably bringing Smart back, you're going to try to bring Brogdon and or White back. Tatum's obviously under contract, too. If I, they bring Jalen Brown back, it's them saying, we think we're good enough to win because we've been one of the two or four final teams the last two three years yeah but they're they're gonna be bringing back 40 year old al horford marcus smart who's not the player he once was and Derek white and brogdon who are like pretty redundant there's no real diversification there it's and brogdon was hurt during these playoffs i think he had an achilles issue but it's they missed him a lot this was their chance. This was their chance. I don't see how you run this back with the same team and expect a different result. Because this was their chance. You're going against an eight seed who is banged up. Jimmy hasn't been the same since that ankle injury against the Heat. Gabe Vincent was hurt. I think Bam was was dealing with an injury too. His, his shooting arm, I saw. His elbow or something. So you're playing against a banged up eight seed who, yes, is not truly an eight seed, but... That was your best chance, and I think they blew it. I think they're I think they're done. I disagree with them being done just with this core. I disagree with that too, just because the core still includes one of the ten best players in the NBA, and what I still think is one of the more talented rosters in the NBA. I know they had a really poor showing in the playoffs, but I don't want to get caught too caught up in that because I still think that against most teams in the NBA roster to roster you're probably going with the Celtics over over most teams and I think that it's going to they're probably going to over overpay for Brown and run it back 
I don't think they're good enough to win a title this year or next year, but I don't really know what their coaching situation is going to be like next year either because if they had Ime this year, then they might still be back in the finals because they could have fallen back on the defense that they prioritized with him that they seem to not be with Missoula. Even still, if they're if you don't think they were contenders or legitimate going to win the championship threat this year, right? And you don't think they're going to be next year, then you're saying what I'm saying just nicer. I just don't expect them to blow it up yet. I I'm think... not saying they need to blow it up. I'm saying they if they run it back with Tatum and no, sorry. Tatum should stay. If they run Tatum's it back, yes, anywhere. Tatum should stay. If they run it back with Brown as Tatum's sidekick, they are shot. That's they are not going to win a championship. They are in the same pool as the Sixers in my eyes. Until they move Jalen Brown, they are the Sixers to me. I think they can still get out of the East next even year. Even still, you make it out of the East. I don't think th- I don't think they're even close to as good as the Nuggets or, or the, the Suns me or even the Lakers. Me neither. So I, honestly, I think I, I think the Bucks are better than them too. If, if if they bring back all their guys, I still think they're better. I would probably go with Milwaukee too. Yeah, fully healthy, fully healthy, and. But now with a new coach. True. So which we'll get into a little bit. But yeah. So I I just I'm I'm not if they w- come back next year and they win a championship and prove me wrong, we can send this to freeze and cold takes. We can do whatever we want with this. Blow me up on the on ESPN for all I care. <laughs> but I'm telling you that Yes, that would be this, the ultimate humiliation. Yes. This is I think this was their best chance to win a championship or at least make a championship. And I think they missed their window. I, and that's that. And I think, and I, unless they move on from Jalen Brown, I think that that's that you cannot pay him $50 million and expect to build or maintain a championship core around Jason Tatum. They are clearly not a one, two punch. That is a neat fit. It's it is hard to build a team around a guy like Jalen Brown. It's it is. You need very specific pieces and having a top ten player at your disposal helps, but it's he as as he currently plays, he is not a championship number two option unless you, you put him next to a Kevin Durant or a Jokic or or a top three type player. He's proven that when your number one guy has it, he cannot... Sorry, when your number one guy does not have it, he cannot slip into that role really even periodically deep in no. the playoffs. I, like, I would not put him even close to Devin Booker. No. And I think a lot of people a lot of people would have prior to this playoffs. I think this was eye-opening for a lot of people. I've been, I've been saying this since well before we had a podcast. Yeah. I... I eye-opening because it's repetitive at this point yes because and it's and it's you you are it is put on full blast it's not just snippets of oh i'm seeing him do it it's fine it's he is doing it over and over and over and over again and you are and everyone is seeing it it's not joe from omaha sees it today <laughs> billy from idaho sees it tomorrow a little bit it's everyone everywhere all at once I think that movie won a bunch of awards. 
somewhere. Everything, everywhere, all at once? I, I don't, don't know. know. I haven't seen it. it. It didn't look great, but it won a bunch of awards. I think it's everything, everywhere, all at once. Either way. Sure. Yeah. So to summarize, if the Celtics win the championship next year, we will suffer the punishment of being nationally featured on ESPN as a podcast. Yes, we will. We will. <laughs> I will happily take the punishment of having five to eight collectibles put on national display on ESPN. SC with SVP. Yes, and I'll take a guest spot on on ESPN as well to to defend myself. Okay. If if they're willing to take me, awesome. when they're willing to take when. me. When. Yes. All right. You, is that onto my one big thing? Yeah. Okay. My one big thing for this week is going to a very large man. It is going to Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge is my one big thing this week, and it is that he is the best player in baseball. He's better than Otani. He's better than Acuna. Aaron Judge is the best player in baseball. He Since he's come back in 19 games, since he's come back from his injury, he's hitting... 357 with 11 home runs and 24 RBIs. His average on the year is back over 300. He's second in the league in the whole MLB in home runs, first in the AL. His OPS plus is 195. League average, a league average hitter is 100. That means he is 95% better than a league average hitter. For context, Otani is 127. It is not even close. He is by far the best hitter in baseball. He's an elite defensive right fielder. He's a good base runner. He's a complete player in every aspect of the game. All he doesn't do is pitch. So for me, would I rather the the absolute best hitter in baseball or a top tier, let's say, I'll even go elite elite level pitcher and hitter i would rather the best hitter by far and that's why judges judges the best player in baseball it's he is so far and away the best hitter that the fact that he doesn't pitch okay and we're back again we've had more technical difficulties in the last five minutes than we've had in our entire time recording i am the technical difficulty in this case adam is the technical difficulty okay i'm all frazzled now but this is good the point is good for content the point i'm trying to make here is that the fact that otani does both does not make him more valuable than judge just because he does both that is such a flawed argument and yes it is the lebron argument it is but judge is so far and away the best hitter that it puts him above the fact that otani does both and I made this point earlier. I don't know what re- version of this recording it's on, but just because Otani theoretically can only take one roster spot with two roles doesn't make him worth or doesn't make him better. It may make him more valuable on paper because you can use that roster spot on someone else, but it doesn't make him better. Because all the time that Judge is out there robbing home runs and playing elite defense in right field and and covering for center and doing a decent job in center at, even at his size. Otani's watching from the, the dugout because he's a he's just a DH who pitches every fifth or sixth day. Yes, he does them both at a very high level, but neither of them are at the level that Judge's hitting is at. That's my point, and that's why Judge is the best player in baseball. 
And you, before it was cut off, made a point about Don LaGreca, something that Don said on the radio. Let me hear it again. Sure. Well, first, if you don't mind, I would just like to add that I think your point about Judge's defense is very good and very interesting. And I think that oftentimes we hear about the skill set of Otani and how he can hit and pitch. And my intuition is to feel like the guy who has the bigger skill set and arsenal is better or and or more valuable but that's not really something people talk about with judge is that his fielding and defensive ability is a skill set in and of itself that otani doesn't have correct and it's also judge's advanced defensive metrics are hampered by the fact that he has been forced to play center so much the last two years his right field stats are very good and yes yankee stadium is a smaller right field but he's he's like in the 90 90th plus percentile for arm strength and speed so he's you're, he, you literally cannot run on him he is 67 so he's robbing plays at the wall that Without some guys jumping. yeah that some guys can't even dream of reaching he had one yesterday where his whole half of his torso was above the wall he's basically dunking the baseball he's so high up in the air otani hasn't played the field in 3 years so two-way player so is judge judge is not just the the rookie who came up slugging 55 home runs and striking out 500 times he's hit above three he almost won the triple crown last year this is like miguel cabrera prime type shit it's it is reaching a point where he is so grossly underappreciated and i think it's the yankees bias working against him that it's otani doesn't get bonus points just for doing both judge does two things at a very high level too so there we go but yeah on the k show earlier they were they had a caller call in and ask if judge will go down as the greatest modern day yankee and they defined modern day as after 1969 because that's when division play started and that was just after mickey mantle my gut reaction is that is it is an absurd take to think that he will go down as the greatest modern yankee based off the accomplishments he has had so far and if he mirrors them going forward i think he has to do more first and foremost he has to win a championship at the very least that's the biggest thing that's the biggest hurdle to get him into that discussion that's really the only do more he can do more of Um, yes, that is the only do- <laughs> the only do more that he can do more of. He can do more winning, yes. But he also, uh, longevity, just in terms of pure like length of playing for the team and doing it at such a high level for a long time. I mean, even like Mariano Rivera is the greatest closer of all time, unquestioned greatest closer of all time. So much so that it's not even close. I don't know who even is second. It's our whole, pretty much our whole lives he's been number one. It's Trevor Hoffman and Billy Wagner are, I think, the next two, probably. And, I mean, dude, even Chapman, when all said and done, is going to be up there um, for all of his warts. But it's, like, how are you going to take him off? You're going to say he, that Judge is, has surpassed him? No, he hasn't won yet. He hasn't done it for long enough yet. And that's not even talking about Derek Jeter, who's almost a unanimous Hall of Famer and the captain for 18 years or however long it was, five-time World Series champion, 3,000 hits, all the above, all all the amazing plays and moments in 
clutch moments like that all of those things add up to hurt judges all-time modern day yankee status but if he wins a championship or two in today's era where it's harder to sustain success like it used to be or harder to su- sustain success than it used to be say that five times fast toy boat toy boat it's one of those and if he could win one or even two Yes, he can be on the the Mount Rushmore of modern-day great Yankees. It'd probably be, like, him, Jeter, Moe, and, I mean, I want to say A-Rod because A-Rod's peak as a Yankee was as good as any other player we've ever seen. And he did win in 09, and he did rise to the occasion. And he was a key contributor. Yes, he did. And he had his playoff failures otherwise, for sure. And that's what that's what Yankees fans always killed him for. But in 09, he rose to the occasion, and he was a huge part of that championship. And until Judge can say the same, that he was a huge part of a championship, then he can't really... I mean, maybe in 10 years after being the captain, even if he doesn't win, yeah, he'll be in that discussion by default. But that's... But for right now, the hurdle he needs to jump is winning a championship. I agree, and I think he needs at least two to even make it to that Mount Rushmore status. And I think showing up definitely with zero and probably even with one is kind of like showing up with a group of four dudes to a frat party on syllabus week. You're just going to get hit with come back when you got two of them shiny things on your hand. <laughs> Did that happen to you? No, I. Oh, okay. I, you could not. You would not have caught me trying to get into a frat party with any amount of people of any gender. Well, let's not speak bad on frats. I was in. Oh no! That's just not for me. I'm not. I have no ill will for them. Well, either way, Judge has to do a little bit more to get onto that list. I mean, even Stans had way more postseason, like individual success than judge it's a reason people aren't mad at stan anymore even though he's missing all this time no stan's because you can really good it's because you can't you can't say a thing about him because he's been so good in the playoffs he's been he's been what judge is in the regular season stan has been in the playoffs and so until judge is himself in the playoffs and they win when he then he'll be on that mount rushmore he I think there's almost, it's almost two-tiered, the Mount Rushmore. Because Jeter and Moe are so far and away above A-Rod and Judge. And CeCe. And even even CeCe, sure. Or, like, the Bernie Williamses and the... Uh, Jorge. Jorge and Pettit. Pettit. And there's a, and yeah, the core four, obviously. And O'Neal. O'Neal just rightfully got his spot in Monument Park, in my opinion. They just did so much Future winning. Future guest. Future guest of the pod, big fan Paul. Um, so, yeah. So Judge got to do some more winning, and Don Lagreca said Don uh, thought he was. No. Oh, okay. Also good. said he wasn't. Okay. Disqualified a rod entirely because the steroids. It's such a bogus. I, I'm tired of it. Me too. It's a tired argument. Ever like not everyone, but you hear it. It was rampant in locker room cc says he would just walk around and it was just there you listen to cc's pod or, or if you listen to cc's pod whenever he talks about the steroid era or his time coming up in it 
he said it, he wasn't in the discussion, but the discussion was not hidden. They, they would do interviews for players, and behind them in their locker was steroids. It, <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't a secret. That's how I think they found out Mark McGuire was doing it. Was it was just in his locker, <laughs> and so it wasn't a secret, and it made baseball fun. And it saved baseball. It did. It absolutely did. And we can get into that way more at another time. But it's like, sure, put them in. Put. Uh, does anyone question that Barry Bonds is the greatest baseball player of all time? Not to my knowledge. He, pro, pro Baseball Hall of Fame voters, which are about probably the oldest sports fans that exist and are clinging the, to baseball's reputation as the national pastime. Even, even them, though. They may not agree that he deserves a spot in the hall, but you can't question his greatness. You cannot question his ability. And it's the same with A-Rod. It's the same with Clemens. Those players who were so good in their own right before any steroid accusations or before they bulked up, they were Hall of Famers. A-Rod came up when he was 19 years old, and in his second or third year, he had 350. Well, people think A-Rod may have been juicing for a while. There's no way. There's no way A-Rod was juicing when he was on Seattle. And I... There's just no... he was way. tiny? He was so skinny. He was so skinny. He had no mass on him. There's no way he was juicing for that long. You saw it when Bond started doing it, when Clemens started doing it, how big their heads got. Giambi. With Giambi. It's... Those guys' heads were huge, and they were so jacked up, and A-Rod had a similar jacked up build when he got to Texas. But his first few years, his talent and his ability was unquestionable. He was a full, he was a a five tool player. He could do it. He could do everything. He was a Gold Glove shortstop. He was a batting title winner. He could have led the league in home runs. I think he was. He's in the 40-40 club. Forty steals, forty home runs. Guys like that. Steroids don't make guys like that. Steroids can make a. They can't make a bad player good. Can they make a good player hit some more home runs? Sure. If you want to let A Rod, if you want to take up 200 away, 200 home runs away from A Rod, he's still a Hall of Famer. It's what it's. Oh, it's so tired. It is back in the day. Sure, they weren't taking steroids, but they were all hopped up on amphetamines. They were taking greenies in the dugout. That's just speed. They were just high. They were high on stims. They were all stimmed out. Doc, Doc Gooden. All of them. Doc Ellis threw a Hall of Famer on tripping on acid. It's a very a funny perfect YouTube game? video. No, no hitter. Oh, what, no did, hitter. what did I say? Hall of Famer? <laughs> I don't know where that <laughs> came from. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, those, and they were all booze bags. They'd show up drunk. They were all stimmed out. Like, they were all doing their own thing, but well before steroids exist, they were corking bats. This, this, this has been rampant in baseball for years, and all of a sudden we draw the line. Sure, Pete Rose. If you wanted to be gambled on the game, he, he didn't. He never bet against his own team. I still think P. Rose should be in. Me Who too. Who cares? When you're that good, you're that good. Even if it's just a wing. Yeah, it's it's or an asterisk. It's I don't care what you got to do, but to to act like they weren't the best players in baseball for however long they were is just ridiculous, and it's so it it's is ignorant. so nonsensical that it's. It is hard to fathom. It, it's it's the same people who, who value... I, I think there are some value to the unwritten rules of baseball. I like that when your player gets beamed, you hit, the, you hit their player. Where sure. do you stand on bunting to break up a no-hitter? Anti. Okay. Anti-bunting to break up a no-hitter. Swinging bunt, by mistake, 
sucks, but it happens. But if, but yeah, that that that's a real it's a real dick move. But I mean, in the second inning, sure. In the well, ninth inning, yeah. yeah. In the ninth inning, in the eighth, seventh inning, you don't do it. I think there's I think there's a level of modicum of respect that is owed, and it's a but it's the people who who get upset when someone pimps a home run. It's it's the guys who get upset when someone is happy on the field or they make a showboating play. There's dudes in the NBA on a fast break. I pointed to the TV as if it's on. It's not on. Who on a fast break, 360 dunk. You hear old men complaining? No, they love that shit. Bob Ryan complains. Bob Ryan has been old for 40 years. <laughs> Bob Ryan's been withering away on what is it? Pardon the interruption? No, it's around the horn yeah. for 40 years now he's the exception not the rule fine yes no i'm saying baseball to its detriment clings on to the purity of being america's game and kids in middle america they, they cling to the sandlot yeah image. it's it is baseball is unlike any other sport it is so unique that it are it has its place. Its place is secure. Its place as the pure, beautiful pastime of of yesteryear doesn't need to be what we cling on to. Baseball is fun and exciting, and if you get into the game at the right time, and if your team, and if you're not an Oakland A's fan, it's a lot of fun to be a baseball fan. It doesn't need to be, and and I love that it cherishes its history too. I think that's really cool, and the NBA has started to do more of that in honoring their history, and I think that's really good. And it as it educates the fans of today about yesterday because yesterday is important. It just acting like yesterday is today is where everything gets messed up because it's not. Guys aren't going out there hopped up, stemmed up on Adderalls all the time unless they have a prescription. They're not just handing them out like it's candy in the dugout like they used to. Domingo Herman is one rosin bag away from getting suspended for 50 games. Times are changed. It's it's time to act like it. So I don't even know how we got here. A-Rod, show A-Rod some respect. Retire as number 13. I'm tired of this. There's a good Kanye line. Uh, I believe it goes, you just look stupid to be ignoring the DeLorean parked in front of Armani Emporium. It's kind of what you said. I have no idea what you just said to me. There's a lot old, of words. These old baseball <laughs> writers are just, they just look dumb pretending like some of the all-time greats of baseball do not deserve their place am- alongside the other all-time greats that they've chosen to honor. Absolutely. And my last point on this before we move on to the NBA is I, I understand not letting guys like Sosa and McGuire in because their peaks are so clearly augmented by steroids that they were never even close to a Hall of Fame player beforehand. Guys like that, I understand being on the bubble. But David Ortiz showed up in the Mitchell Report. Pudge Rodriguez, Mitchell Report. Mike Piazza, steroid rumors his whole career. They're going to, I don't know, Ortiz got in, right? Yeah. All three of them are in. All, even Manny Ramirez should be in. Shit, he was unbelievable for when he played, and he had multiple steroid uh, suspensions. Robinson Cano's out of the Hall of Fame now because of his steroid suspension. It's, it's exhausting. They served their punishment. 
Fernando Tatis could go on to have a 20-year career, hit 650 home runs, and win five MVPs and three World Series and might not get in the Hall of Fame I, for how it currently I stands. I pray by then things change. I mean, we've had but years. But it's, it's possible. With, it's possible. It's As things as stand, it, currently it stands, will happen. Yes. I hope it doesn't. We've had at least one year in the last decade where nobody got in. And also, you know that, how crazy that is? It's nuts. And also, Clemens and, and Bonds are off the ballot now. Yeah. Their only chance of getting in is that veterans committee. Yeah. That's that's just I expect oh. that there will be a shift. There should be. The just, younger I think the the crowd that's used younger views steroids appropriately. Like, yes, acknowledge them. On their plaque, you could put a big sticker on their forehead that says steroid user. Just a pill bottle. Does it yeah, whatever it takes, or a needle, whatever it takes. But just something. It's it is Oh, God, it's so frustrating, and it makes younger fans not attracted to the game. But, I mean, a guy like Aaron Judge, back to the original point, he should be must-see TV. He is for Yankees fans. Baseball's a regional sport, but, like, there's young New York kids who are growing up not at all caring about baseball because they're so turned off by the antiquated nature of the game. It's, it's, you need to appreciate all aspects of the history, and that includes the steroids, and you need to appreciate the youth movement within baseball and the fun and make baseball fun again, and that's how you'll grow the game. These rule changes are good steps, but when, if you're so stuck in the past, you'll never be able to move forward. So, on to the NBA, on to some housekeeping before we get into the finals preview. Uh, we did this a little bit before the technical difficulties again and Adam's technical difficulty. And so we'll do Rockets hire Ime Udoka. Um, the Steven Silas, I thought was a good coach prior to the Rockets hiring him. The Rockets have been a disorganized mess and are totally lacking in discipline to such an extent that it looks like they're playing pickup out there. And they have good players. They have good young talent. And it's just, it, it, they seem like a, a franchise with no direction because we thought the computer turned off again. If the cameras picked up both our eyes darting that way, I think we're in the clear. But um, they're not a directionless franchise. They have a lot of good young pieces. Shangun's good. Uh, Tari Easton is good. Jalen Green is a good scorer. Uh, Jabari Smith, not Jabari Parker, good. Um, and I think Ime Udoka could be the right coach to bring it all together and at least make it feel like they have some direction as a franchise. I think Ime's a great coach. I think Ime, the Celtics, and all parties involved with that situation probably wish it played out differently because he had them in the finals. They were playing. It was probably their peak with the two Jalens, two J. J Jays, Jays not Jalen's. Two Jays. Um, and I think he's a good hire for, like you said, a directionless Ro- Rockets franchise. And I, I agree that some of their pieces will probably flourish under ENA to a degree that they haven't yet in their professional careers. The big one that I question is Jalen Green, just because, as we know, Ime really tries to get his stars to buy into his defensive philosophy and that was a big part of what made that Celtics team so good last year. 
was because when things weren't working on the offensive side, they could always fall back on their defensive um, discipline, intensity, and ability. And I just, I'm just not sure if Jalen Green is the player that is really in for something like that and a commitment like that. But I think Jabari Smith Jr. is one of the perfect pieces for that. So Jalen Green is not a good defender by any stretch of the imagination. And I don't think he prioritizes becoming one either. No, but he hasn't had a reason to. I'm not saying he will. I'm not even I don't I'm not even saying he'll be a a good defender. He just needs to be a willing defender and buy into the scheme. It's you can hide guys like that. Tari Eason's a very good defender. Same with Jabari Smith. As a rookie, he showed flashes of really good defense. Shangun's not a good defender as a big man, but again, like, Jamal Murray's not a great defender either. He's a willing defender. Jokic isn't a great defender either. He's a willing defender. He's a good scheme defender. And he's a good, not rim protector in the sense that he's a shot blocker, just in that he blocks the rim. He blocks the, clogs up the paint, I should say. You can bring those qualities out in those young players if you give them a reason to. If they buy into it, which I'm not saying they necessarily will, but Jalen Green has the talent and the athletic ability to be a willing defender within a good defensive scheme and to become a more efficient scorer in a good offensive scheme. So I think he makes a good hire for them, basically, is what it comes down to. I I agree with you, Jalen Green's a question mark. But and after two years of essentially being able to do whatever he wants. Bad habits. Yeah. Yeah. There's bad habits built up. It's gonna be it's it's gonna be hard, I think. I think and I don't I, I mean in Harden going there it seems to be where Very the much rumor is going. Yeah, it's that's a weird fit too. But even he's been a pretty willing defender with Philadelphia, so who knows? And he could be a good veteran leader depending on how much he buys in so i guess we'll have to see but i think it's a good one uh next up is sixers hire nick nurse you had the celtics firing missoula and hiring nurse i didn't disagree i heard today missoula's keeping his job don't know how true that is but we'll see it's all brad stevens yeah whatever we'll he wants yeah we'll see um so uh i still don't i'm still not a believer in the sixers if harden leaves i'm even less so a believer I, I mean, I like Maxi. I think he's really good. I, obviously, Embiid's awesome. It's just, are the two of them enough? And Tobias? No. N- not even close, right? No, not even close. I do, I think Nick Nurse is an awesome coach, though. I agree. I think he's a really good coach, and I think any team would be lucky to have him. Yeah. But I know I, we disagree on the cutoff between awesome and really very good. It, did I did I contradict? Did you say awesome and I just said very good? Yeah. I, I I have a hard time giving out awesome. I have a lower bar for awesome than you. Yeah, do. yeah, you do. It's that's just that's strictly a grading scale issue. That's nothing more. Um, but yeah, so we're all both in agreement. Very good hire. Bucks hire Adrian Griffin. Fun fact: he's the father of Hawks rookie AJ Griffin. That is a fun fact. Who I think is a really good buy low rookie. If you're trying to collect, I think he's a good scorer, good three point shooter, and very young good athlete too but uh did he go to duke yeah yeah and a duke guy i like duke um yeah adrian griffin raptors assistant worked under nick nurse had uh, to have gotten Giannis's 
spy in to bring him in, right? For sure. Yeah, there's no way they hired him without Giannis' say-so. Um, I think I would have liked to see them go with maybe a little more experience here. Maybe a Nick Nurse, I think, would have been pretty ideal for them. Uh, but I, you know, he's been... He's been an assistant long enough that he's got some level of experience, you know? It's, he's seasoned. He's not like yeah, Joe Mazzulla. Yeah, exactly. It's it's similar to um, the, uh, Hamlin, Hamlin from uh, the Lakers, who they hired. Um, just a guy Ham. who's been around. Yeah, Darvin Ham. Yeah. Sorry. Um, Denny Hamlin from the little guy commercials. Pennzoil. Yeah, I think he's a NASCAR driver too, right? He is. Yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah. Denny Hamlin, not... Uh, Darvin Ham. Sorry. Um, but yeah, same same idea. Seasoned assistant coach. I think will shape up well. Uh, next is Raptors, Suns, and Pistons. Still looking for a new head coach. Uh, the big names out there still are Monty, who's obviously not going to the Suns. Uh, Kenny Atkinson. Doc. Doc. Doc Bud. Bunch of good assistant Tibbs. coaches. Not J- available. Not available yet. JJ Redick got an interview with the Raptors. That'd be cool. That would be very cool. Um, but yeah, so Jeff Van Gundy, not not coming out of the booth, and Stan should stay in the booth. Yeah, uh, I think it'll be ugly either it's way. It's time. Yeah, it's time. Um, but yeah, we don't know who they're. Bob going Myers, with. big Bob Myers. Yeah, Bob Myers steps down. This has a lot of uh, leads to a lot of questions with the Warriors. It's it's uh, a pretty definitive error shift you think it's the beginning of the end or do you think that was i'm not sure i'm not sure if beginning of the end in sense that it's going to be a collapse no no over before we saw it but how could it not be steph's 35 yeah but he's still playing at such a high level he is but you have to think that the guy that has that job next will be the one to lead the transition out of the dynasty era it'll the question is I think the dynasty, as it's currently constructed with Steph, Clay, Draymond, those three as your best three players, is over. I think. I think they cannot pay Draymond what he wants, and expect to contend. And I think, they made a pretty big mistake extending Pool the way to that much money, which is obviously easy to say now that he struggled so much, but. I think the question is, can you get another star in there with Clay and Steph and make a run with them? Someone like a Kevin Durant would be nice for them. Uh, but it's... Those two, I think, are still... I mean, Steph for sure is still a top 10 player. But it's... It'll be interesting. Their their direction is very unclear. And I don't know if it's the end of the dynasty, but it, it could be. And we don't, he's been the architect of all of this, Bob Myers. So without him, I'm sure they have some replacement for him in mind, even if it's Steve Kerr stepping into the front office or something. I don't know. I saw today that he's going to replace Pop, though, in San Antonio. I don't know where that Steve came from. Steve Kerr? Yeah, I saw that today. I don't know. On Twitter. It could have been total nonsense, but I did see it. So could be some modicum of truth in it. But either way, it's a lot of moving parts away from the Warriors it'll uh it'll be interesting it's just hard for me to imagine that they will bring in somebody who will come in with the idea to challenge for titles for the next few years 
and also then rebuild after that. I feel like Bob Myers stepping away feels like an indication that he doesn't see multiple titles out of this core anymore. And I agree that Steph is a but still a best player on a title team caliber guy. I I don't but I I mean this is just based on what I I I was reading today. It's that Bob Myers is stepping away because less about the team and its chances and more about his personal like family stuff. Yeah. Because I I read they won the championship and someone asked him how it feels and he said I'm sad because my wife just gave birth and she couldn't be here to celebrate this with me and I couldn't be there for her. So it was, I think it was a lot of internal family conflict or just like the internal struggle of wanting to be with family versus his team that he's built. And I think family won out and it could just be a little bit of, I've done enough here. I, he's a hall of fame executive. I think just if he doesn't ever do anything ever again. So it's hard to say what his motives are, is my point, basically. Very fair. Yeah. But uh, you want to do our finals preview now? Yeah, sure. So we now know the NBA finals matchup. The Nuggets have been sitting on their couches at home for a while, waiting for the winner of the East to shake out. Obviously, it's the Miami Heat in a very weird seven-game series. One of the main points that I was thinking about today about this series is that I think it's the first time in over a decade that one of the finals one of the two finals teams doesn't have an awesome number two probably since the 2011 Mavs that's good I was messing with a little like is this the first time that the best player on either team isn't a guard it's not it's happened a few times in the last few years yeah it's uh but that's not as that's not as uncommon as people think it is actually. Oh, it's but. no, it's it's totally skewed by the Warriors. Yeah, is what I realized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they definitely. Yeah, absolutely. But it's it's gonna be. You're right. It's a weird series. But wait, but you don't think Bam's a good number two? I do. I don't think Bam is an awesome number two. I don't even. And like we said earlier. Bam really isn't even their number two bucket getter. That's true. That's true. He's just a second all-star. But, I mean, okay, here's here's a hypothetical. Yeah. Would you rather you're starting a team today, Jamal Murray or Bam? Keep in mind that Bam should have won Defense Player of the Year last year. I'm not sure I agree with that. All of the, all of the metrics are against Marcus Smart. He wasn't even the best defender on his own team. Last but, year? Yeah, it was pure narrative. That was that was a that was that was the narrative machine. And the fact that he works really hard. That, <laughs> and that's has green hair. That's yes, that is it is it was the narrative machine was pushing that. I, I I if you look into it, it's it's pretty clear that Marcus Smart probably shouldn't have won Defense Player of the Year. Alright. It was also the narrative of a guard hasn't won in however many years and oh here's Marcus Smart who works really hard and his hair is green and we we like him color match hair yeah color matched <laughs> hair so we can yeah but either way keep that in mind okay either way bam was second in defense player of the year so his defensive impact is large um i suppose i would probably take bam but i don't know that i would there's few people that 
I don't know that I would take Bam. I it's 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 hard to tell because Jokic is that good and makes everybody around him that much better. Yeah, but are we expecting Bam to do to do anything to slow down Jokic in this series? Oh, definitely not. And is Bam going to go out there and get you 25? Probably at least two games. Okay. Well, but Jamal Murray could get game. you 35 five games. True. And yes, he has Jokic getting him the ball, but still. If we can't expect Bam to adequately contain Jokic, even a little bit, then I th- I don't know. I don't know how we can even pick him over Jamal Murray, who's exceptional in the playoffs, too. So Well, that's the thing, is that the, the drop-down from the top two for Denver is pretty significant. Butler's a top-ten player. Jokic is a top-one player. Yeah, yeah. It's, um... And I don't know the last time, even the Raptors with with Kawhi and Siakam slash Van, Van Vliet was a better one-two bucket-getting punch than Definitely. what the Heat have. For sure. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Tyler Hero is supposed to come back. Game three. Yeah. So. That might be, he might play two games. Yeah. I, I don't expect the, oh, we'll get this out of the way. I don't, I think the Nuggets are going to win. Me too. I'll give I've them. I've the Heat three rounds so far, though, and I'm off the three. Why stop now? Yeah. Oh, yeah, why stop now? Uh, I... I think the Heat are good. I think they'll keep it close. Uh, I'm not underestimating them. I just think the Nuggets are that good. I thought I was underestimating the Heat against the Celtics, for sure. I think I'm adequately estimating them against the Nuggets. I just think the Nuggets are that good. So, we'll see. Also, the Nuggets have the home court advantage of up in Denver. And it's the biggest home court advantage. It's really one of the few home court advantages that is really exists anymore in terms of just the altitude or yeah 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 now when when you're on the road you're no matter where you're going you're staying you're flying private you're staying in five-star hotels you're eating the best food your whole training staff is coming with you it's true it's the one it's one of the few things you really can't replicate everywhere else you go yeah that's true and all i mean this could and it's real this could hinder them a little bit but they've been the rest could actually hurt them rest because rest rust. could be rust yeah so that could come into play a little bit but i just don't see it coming into play enough to get the heat over the hump i think the heat will win at i don't think the heat will get swept i want to say it'll be a they'll win two but i could see it being a gentleman sweep yeah i, I think it's going to be a, a shorter series yeah i just it now feels bad doing that because we've been wrong about the heat so many times so it's the day i I worry about being wrong about my sports takes is the day i don't have a podcast anymore fair enough fair enough all right nuggets and five suns and four (laughs) okay suns and four uh i'll take nuggets and five too i'll go i'll go i'll go five okay i feel i feel i feel a lot better about six feel dirty with five I do feel dirty with five. It feels it feels a little disrespectful for how much the Heat have done, but yeah, all right, I'll stick with it. Whatever. Uh, I just wanted to shout out one quick X factor in the series, and then we can move on to awards because we've already discussed NBA so much today. Can I but, guess your X factor? Yes, Michael Porter Jr. No, but I do like him a lot. 
It is. One more guess. Aaron Gordon. No. Bones Highland. No. Not on the, on the team anymore? Not on the team. On the Clippers. Uh, I'll give you a big hint. I have a guess. Played with an ankle monitor. Oh, yeah. KCP's been awesome KCP, for them. KCP's been awesome. And the ankle monitor thing is underrated. Doesn't get talked about Mount Rushmore can't believe this happened. One Whoa. of the most ridiculous things that has ever happened, and no one talks about it. Are we so, able to drop a picture of that? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll figure that out. Okay. Somewhere in post-production, I'll put in that, because this needs to be seen by all. Yeah. KCP got arrested, and he was playing in an NBA game wearing an, a tracking anklet, a full-on tracking anklet. And, on and national visible, TV. Visible on national TV. Outside television. of his sock. Un unbelievable that that happened and no one talks about it and, and not like oh wait is that no this is yeah. essentially as cut and dry as it gets this guy was just getting his being he's probably monitored. got ink on his fingers still yes. being monitored um yeah underrated but he's been really good and shooting the three at such a high level I th- he averaged 15 last series which is unreal no, he's been real a really good contributing piece for that team. Yeah, he's been huge. And his wing defense will be really important, too. It's it's one of the wider, branching out, crazy fallouts from the Lakers-Westbrook trade. Yeah, that was a, just the... We should, yeah, we should do like a... Uh, what is it? Like the ripple effect? We should just do that for that trade and see where it started and where it finished at some point. But... I honestly, the only way I could foresee the Nuggets losing, with the exception of injury, knock on wood, is if Mike Malone is so thoroughly outcoached that Spo becomes the greatest coach in NBA history. That's what would have to happen. Because Mike Malone's not a bad coach. He would have, Spo would have to put on such a coaching masterclass that that's the only way I could see the Nuggets losing. It'd be like Tuchel against Pep in the 2021 Champions League final, just dance circles around him. Yeah, except... Tactical prowess. Except that was the end of Tuchel. Yeah. Hasn't been... Used all of his brain power on that game and hasn't been able to use it (laughs) since. But, uh... All right. So, I think we're good on... I got one more NBA topic. Not finals or playoffs related in the slightest. Okay. So, this is how the Lonzo Ball saga ends. You think it's over? Did you not see the report? That they think he may never play again. They fear, I thought. Okay, either way. You think that's it? You think it's over? When something like that comes out, I'm not too inclined to look with a glass half full attitude. You're right. It could be the end. Which sucks. Because he was like he was just coming into his own as a player. Yeah. He had figured out his three point shot. He was an elite defender. And he hadn't even He hadn't even been given the keys to an offense to the extent that he could make his passing prowess known. I saw him coming out of college, and he was the best passer I'd maybe seen since Jason Kidd. He was a Jason Kidd, Magic Johnson level of passer. He was doing things that I just no one does. LaMelo's got some of that flair to him, but he's a better scorer and not as good of a passer. But Lonzo's pure passing ability was so unbelievable and he was just coming into his own and i think at the very least it's the end of that lonzo if he comes back i can't imagine he'll be a high level player like he was me neither and it's a shame and it's hard not to think that the shoes 
probably played a factor. I mean, he's on record saying that he used to go through four games because they would just rip. I don't know that. I I don't know. They could be. You, the big baller brand. I mean, you wear their their hoodie proudly. It's my favorite sweatshirt. Yeah. Uh it could be. It's the fact that it's even a talking point is a shame. Yeah. And we'll never know, unless John Brankus figures some way to figure that out. But shout out John Brankus. We should get John Brankus on the pod. He's going on the list. John Brankus, if you're listening, which I know you are, we need you immediately. Right, right now, we'll extend the pod another two hours for you. <laughs> uh, you want to go on to awards? Yeah, you wanna you wanna start it off for me? Sure, I'll go first. All right, my first award is the Dante DiVincenzo Award. Do you have any guess? You want to take a guess as to what it could be given for? It's going to a player who is sneaky impactful but also very fun to watch no i like it but no okay it's going to a player who in one single postseason has made himself an insane amount of money oh okay so because divincenzo was anywhere from a late first round pick to a second round pick coming out of villanova and he was awesome in March Madness when they won their second title under the coach whose name is now escaping me. Oh, man. Used to be the Hofstra. Jay Wright. Jay Wright, thank you. Jeez. I was I was in trouble there. I could not remember that for the life of me. Yeah, Jay Wright. Yeah, that's a good one. Is it Austin Reeves? No. Made himself a ton of money in these playoffs. Caleb Martin? Yeah. All right. Good. I'm glad because I I was giving an award to Caleb Martin and I and I took it away. So. Averaged nine points per game this year, and I believe averaged 18 in the conference finals, if not 20 plus. I think it was 18, 19. But yeah, right around. And there. six rebounds, I think. Yeah, he's a good rebounder. Oh yeah, he was. The fact that he went undrafted, him and his brother were both very good in college. His and brother was better, at least a better prospect. Coming out. He, he went higher, or he went undrafted, but his Caleb was a did. second rounder. Yeah, but but Caleb was a, averaged more points per game and was all was it Mac? I think so. Yeah, all Mac Mountain defense, West, one of yeah, those two. Either way, so I was surprised he went undrafted. I thought he'd be a more highly touted prospect, even at the very least a second rounder. And like we said, he's the the Heat's second bucket getter. Yeah, he's you're probably right. should have made the conference finals. Uh, sorry, won the conference finals MVP. Yes, he it's did late. make the conference finals. It is late. All the technical difficulties have added up. But, yeah, that's a good award. I think he will for sure get a get a bag. Probably $100 million plus. Yeah, $100 million isn't what it used to be. Oh, I don't know if he'll get $100 million. I could, I, A lot of guys getting $100 million. I could see four for 80 all right, I mean, twenty million a year. I guess I was picturing. I don't think five you can. For... I don't think you can get five. I think you can only get five as an opt with an option. No, I think it's five is from your own team. You can't okay. get. You can't get a fifth year from if you're signing with another team. So I mean, the Heat could theoretically give him that, but I don't know that they will. No, I mean they have Hero on a huge deal. Yeah, and Duncan Robinson, who's been oh, good, yeah. who almost also almost got an award from me, but uh, yeah. So all right, my award. Yeah. All right. I'm giving out the Bobby Cox Award. Do you know who Bobby Cox is? 
No, I know who Ralph Cox is. No, Bob, Ralphie right. Cox. So Bobby Cox is, he had some of the most iconic ejections. He was a manager of the Braves for a long time, and I think probably, I think some other teams, but I remember him as the Braves manager, and he had some of the most iconic ejections of all time. Braves and Blue Jays. Baseball Hall of Famer. I think is the all-time ejections leader. That's awesome. Yeah. So, or for sure, single-season ejections, he's all over that list. So, you have a guess? Who, it's going to a baseball man. Is it going to Boone? It is going to Boone. Boone is getting ejected at a insane rate. Like, it's going out of fashion. It is. So, I just pulled this up. This is the active ejections leader. Number one is Bruce Bochy, who's been managing for 26 years. 4,000 games. He's been ejected 78 times. Second, Bob Melvin, 20 years managing, 2,800 games managed. Boone is sixth. He's been ejected 30 times in 764 games. It's like three times the rate of Bochy. It is It is happening so much, and it's he's getting ejected for things that I think the umpires have it out for him now. He Sometimes he's they're just kicking him out when he's not even leaving the dugout. Well, he's got the Draymond thing now. He does, and but he's right. This last one that he got ejected for was because he he called the umpire out. The umpire said, basically, like, go look at your iPad. Bet you I'm not wrong. Then five minutes later, Boone came back and said, You're I looked at wrong. the iPad. You're still wrong. The ump said, I don't care about the iPad. Boone said, you should care about the iPad. I'm trying to help you here. Boom, kicked him out. Wasn't even really arguing. Just just was like, you should care if you're right or wrong. Because Boone has said, if he is wrong, he will go out and say to the umpire, hey, I checked. You were right. I was wrong. Good on you. My bad. So, that's fair. You shouldn't just throw the guy out for that. Some of his other stuff, yeah, he, he could get ejected for. But they definitely have it out for him. But... Do you have a favorite Boone ejection? Savages in the box Me has too. gotta be the most iconic. I have that t shirt. Yeah, that's a good one. That's yeah, that's just it's an iconic like yeah, for sure. My guys are savages in that box. Yeah. Really good. Re- I I'm a big Boone advocate. I think the team's shortcomings, aside from a bullpen mismanagement moment here or there, which over 162 games every manager will do not it's impossible to be perfect especially in a game that you if you fail 66 percent of the time you're all a famer um it's it's hard to to nitpick issues like that any shortcomings of the yankees are not on boone's head basically no it's hard to really be mad at boone because it's pretty public record how how much influence comes from somewhere other than his office in the front office yeah i think that's overblown to an extent i just think i do think he has more say so than people give him credit for but i also think he has no say so on who his players are you can't make your players go out there and play well you can't make them go hit the baseball boone did hit the baseball when he played He, he had one of the most iconic home runs in yankees history he did it the players have to do it to a certain extent so yeah Bobby Cox Award, Aaron Boone. <laughs> My second award is the Randall Moss, colloquially known as Randy Moss, Super Bowl 47 Award. Super Bowl 47 was 
the San Francisco 49ers and the Baltimore Ravens. When he was a decoy? Uh, am I wrong? Is this when he... He was really didn't do anything. Yeah, okay. He was a decoy, okay. So it's going to a player who isn't what they used to be, but based on name alone warrant a level of respect. Oh, is it Udonis Haslam? <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, Let's go. I think that's the first one we've been able to guess. I think so. Well, I got Boone. Oh, you did But you Boone. got the reason, too. Yes, all right. That's, that's good. Exciting. That deserves a high five. That's a, that's a groundbreaking moment in the history of this show. <laughs> oh, that was big time. Uh, so it was a mix of that and also, like... <laughs> Can you believe this guy's like on this team still? Did you watch his last game? UD in the regular season, he tore it up. Yeah, he dude. was good. He had I like mean, twenty plus points. He was banging threes. Yeah, well, he's saving it all year for that. You're, it was it was a turn back the clock game if I've ever seen prime one. UD. His knees looked like they did fifteen years ago. Every other time he's out there, he's falling all over the place. He's <laughs> always falling. He's and he's yeah. But this yes, good award. I Shout love out UD. UD. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I, I, yes. On the Five Tway Collectibles website, there's a blog post written about Udonis Haslam. Check it out. That's all I got. But Riptide Report. Riptide Report. Shout out Riptide Report. Um, good award. All right. My, la- my last award? Yeah. All right. It is the 2006 Shaquille O'Neal Award. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically 2006. Yeah, okay. So my guess is... Hmm. This is going to a player who will go on to become the face of a mid-tier insurance company. <laughs> no, that is not... That is not what... Uh... Is, it a, is it a Hall of Famer that is... No, 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 no okay. Hall of Famer. It's a current player. No, 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 I'm saying is it for a future Hall of Famer that was arguably the most important piece on multiple titles and then became the second best player on a title team with a new team. And now as I say that, I realize nobody's yeah, even no eligible. One, no, one fits, remain, no one fits remaining. that criteria. But it, you are, it is the second best player on a title team. So it's going to, do you want to guess? Is it going to Bam? It is going to Jamal Murray. Okay. Because oh, on a title team. On a, t- okay. on a title, on a title contending team. I really only guessed Bam because he's a big man. Well, actually, actually, because of the, just Pat Riley was involved with both. Okay. Yeah. No. It was my thinking was so in '06, Shaq was instrumental in their title run. He was like top. I mean, he wasn't go doing Shaq numbers, but he was averaging 18-plus a game and doing Shaq-like things well, he was doing in the playoffs. F- he was doing 14-year NBA vet Shaq things. Yes. He was still playing at a very high level, but so Jamal Murray has been huge in these playoffs. Without Shaq, the Heat don't make it to the finals. Without Jamal Murray, the Nuggets don't make it to the finals. But in that final series, the Heat won because Dwayne Wade was the best player on the planet at, in that moment. The Nuggets are going to win this championship, not because of Jamal Murray, but because of Jokic. Jokic needs to go out there and be the best player on the planet and win that championship. And so this is half of a Nikola Jokic award because it's really centered around him. <laughs> Being but the Jam- best player. But Jamal, yes, but Jamal Murray has done his job. He's been the number two and he's excelled. And if he is any semblance of that, 
and if he's a 30 plus per game score in this series there's no way the nuggets are losing but if he's a 20 plus 22 per game scorer the nuggets still have a very good chance to win because Jokic is the best player in the world and if if he does Jokic things they will win so jamal murray wins the 2006 shaquille o'neal award certainly no Suns or celtic shack no Suns shack is so slept on he that was a that's another turn back the clock that's Suns medical staff whatever they got cooking out there brought shack back from the brink <laughs> out in the desert maybe it's just the humidity and or lack thereof i don't know what it is they they've been like ahead of the ahead of the curve for a while there um i've got are you ready to move on to trivia sure i'm gonna quiz you this time awesome this is a super interesting year that i didn't realize how interesting it was until i just looked it up we're gonna do two you like 2011 we go with 2011 i got nothing wrong with 2011. okay 2011 it's gonna be a hard one we're gonna need to work through this i think all right but receiving touchdown leaders des bryant do you want me to tell you where they are yes okay so how many am i guessing so let's go let's go top five Des is six. He's tied for six with, like, six other people. Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham is four. With 11. Marcus Colson. Colson. He had eight. He, so he's right below the guy, the six guys who are tied with nine. Which I'll just tell you who they are. So you don't... Do you want me to tell you who they sure. are so you don't guess them? Sure. So it's Des, Victor Cruz, Vincent Jackson, Greg Jennings, Wes Welker. Okay. Jordy Nelson. He had 15. He's third. 2011 there's one name on here that i've never heard of until this moment never heard of i don't think so i gotta look it up never heard of this can't be true never heard of yes never heard of them or okay i'm sure i've heard of them at a time but or at the time but steve smith one of them or greg olson no no I've ne- no, I've never heard the name. I'll say it. He, uh, I've never heard the name. I probably should have heard the name. What team did he play on? The Cowboys. It's not like Miles Austin or someone or Dez. Yeah. It's not. It's not a big name receiver. I think it was like his only good year. That's why I probably don't remember him. Oh, was it Harris? No. Not Dwayne Harris. Not Dwayne Harris. Okay. Great return man though. It wasn't. It wasn't uh, Witten. No. I don't. I don't know if, if you'll get it. We can get back to it though. Let's come back to it. Let's work on the other names. Okay. I don't think Larry, right? Not Larry. You're missing two big ones that I'm. That I think you'll kick yourself if you don't get them. I mean, I'll guess Megatron just number because two. I'm surprised though. I didn't He's think 16, he would be. Sixteen, number two. And a big one. Tony Gonzalez. No, but. Same idea. Gronk? Gronk. I thought I guessed Gronk. No, you did not. It was the first name that came to my mind. Okay, so you got the top four and six, number six. I don't know if I don't know if you're gonna get this guy. He only had fifty four catches on the year. And eleven touchdowns. It wasn't Kevin Norwood, right? No. I don't know. I don't do I can Where do you go to college? What year was he drafted? Okay. We'll be yeah. We'll we'll work through this. 
I don't want to just if you get if you met 2007 he was drafted third round pick Illinois State it wasn't oh, Cowboys that was his only year on the Cowboys he was out of the league then after the following year was it Crabtree Tom Crabtree no it was not Out of the league the following year? He signed the following year he signed a five year thirty three million dollar deal with the Jaguars, fourteen mil guaranteed. He failed to impress and missed nine games after suffering four concussions and placed on the injured reserve. I dude, I don't think you're gonna get it. I've never heard I've never heard of him. He had eleven touchdowns, never heard of him. I have I've nothing. His last name is Robinson. I don't even... I still don't know if you're going to get it. I don't know who it is. Laurent Robinson. No, I I, I, I mean, I, I think I vaguely remember the name. He from doesn't like have a Madden. picture. He doesn't have a picture on NFL.com. I was not. I was never going to get that. No. I, I saw the name, and that's why I knew we had to do this year. Because who who's Laurent Robinson? I don't Sorry know for Illinois brain. State? Yeah. Southern Illinois State? Did you say no, just Illinois, Illinois State. State. I feel bad because he had, you know, some serious injuries that cut his time short, but... 14 mil guaranteed. That's true. He did get... He did make his money. Good for you, Laurent. And your one year of success. He yeah, is, I have no idea. He's 38 now. That year was... Was Miles Austin... Was that, was was Is this too late for Miles Austin, or was he still on no, that team? No, that's not too late, I don't think. I almost feel like it might be a little early. You think? It could be. Witten. No, it, it, no, Miles Austin was on that team. Receiving leaders were Witten, Des Bryant, Laurent Robinson, Miles Austin, then it's Felix Jones and DeMarco Murray. Wait, those guys were ahead of Laurent? Laurent was third. On this the is yards. Yards. Oh, okay. Uh, touchdowns, Laurent was first. Witten had five, Miles Austin had seven. Miles Austin, same age. As Laurent Robinson? On the Cowboys from 06 to 13. That makes sense. That makes sense. All right, yeah. I think that's about it for today, unless you want to do something else, but I'm wiped out. No, yeah, I think that's it. Good show. Good show. Good awards. Good all around. Technical difficulties. We'll work through them. Uh, yeah, thanks for watching. Got anything else? Tip your waitress. Tip your waitress. Thanks, guys. See you next week.